When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Who do you think had the best music comeback? Fallout Boy. Really? Well, let me explain. Like, Please. Best, I mean, like, his best is such a vague word, but I think that Fallout Boy made my favorite albums of theirs after their hiatus and they had like just like they were so much bigger afterwards they had like massive radio stuff like they were they were so much bigger when they came back and i also just liked it better and this is gonna be a hot take that people don't like but i think their best album is save rock and roll like as far as like well-rounded stuff but my favorite songs of theirs are on american beauty american psycho but the one that I feel like I've revisited the most for whatever reason is Mania. What a hot take. It's a hot take, but it's it's mine. So. And what's your thoughts on Take This to Your Grave? It's fine. Like, I always thought it was, like, good, but it was never, like, oh, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a... Rarely do I think somebody's first album is their best. And that's why it bums me out when alternative music is framed in this way of it's only valuable and it's nostalgia and like it's memories and shit you know what i mean so when somebody does put out a new album i'm rooting for them because i don't like how i don't know people it's 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 like oh i remember that it's like it puts i mean it puts bands puts alternative bands in general and like it frames them as like a past thing rather than something that can still move things forward Right, because isn't that just Dude, ten-year tours are the most valuable? Like, if we, I'm sure if we decide to go like double dare ten-year, like you know, whenever that happens, no matter what's going on, that would probably sell quicker than what's going on like currently. And the thing is, if I saw that happen, I think I would quit. You know what I mean? If I feel like, I mean, and you know, obviously, people's business is their business, and I'm not here to fucking knock that or whatever. But I think that if I'm not like if I'm if I'm getting fucking outwritten by like twenty two year old me, fuck that. You know what I mean? I'm like if I got worse, I'm out. So that was a that was a good jumping in point. <laughs> no, I love that because you always say that you always say yeah. one time you said that your newest should be your most heartfelt, should be your most talented because it that's should be like your the, best, right? By far, it should be the best songs. Like, it should be, like, the best vocal patterns, the coolest lyrics, the best visuals. Like, the thing is, we've managed... I don't want to fucking jinx it or anything. You don't have any wood I could knock on, but fucking... Auto. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, every release we've done has sold more than the last one first week. 
That's amazing. It's great. And that's the thing. It's like, and ticket sales, like, dude, this tour we're about to go on, like every tour we've done for this album has done more ticket sales even than any fucking tour. Like the one that we're going on in like six weeks or whatever, the Sneaking Out of Heaven tour, uh, plug, plug. But uh, that one that we're going on, it doesn't even start for six weeks and it's already sold more than like the entire fandom tour sold the entire see you in the future tour which is the greatest hits tour like it sold more than both of those like by the time both of them were complete by like i think we're like nine thousand more and it's still that far away when someone does that does the mm. booking agency try and bump up the venue or yes so that's the th- like i with the property tour because both of these are from this album this next one is just kind of a it's like just a bigger and better cooler version and it's it's going to be very different because i hate when bands come through and play the same set so that's not going to happen either but like with the property tour it was crazy because you know we did all the venues that we would normally do like with the other albums and all of them sold out you know what i mean or the, the entire thing was 98 percent sold out total which is crazy we've never done anything close to that actually um maybe on like the double dare one when all the capacities were like 250 you know what i mean like real small stuff but uh, with the property tour, every show except for Vancouver and Milwaukee, I th- it was either two or three shows that weren't completely sold out, but like one of them was like 98%. I was just like, fuck. Um, but cause I'm like, a prof- our booking guy's like, dude, 98 is sold out. I'm like, calm down. Like we got to finish the back of that balcony, that kind of thing. Um, but no, it's that's why it's cool to see, and like I still feel good doing it because it's still going up every single time. So now this one, they did move us up venues. Like, does that make you happy? Or I don't know, because like I, I don't feel, and this is a this is a me thing. This isn't even like a, like on paper it still looks amazing, and it doesn't make sense to feel this way. But I'm like, I want everything I do to be a plus plus. I want it all to be a fucking hundred percent sold, whatever. But I'm like. At the same time, we've never sold 3,600 tickets in Denver. You know what I mean? So I'm saying, like, that's that's a tall order. We're like, that one's not sold out. You know what I mean? But the venues have all moved up, and it is selling about the same as the last one. It's just the rooms are so much bigger. Going from, like, Irving Plaza to, like, Terminal 5 in New York. You know what I mean? Or, like, the Boston House of Blues, that one was crazy. And we did, like, we filmed a DVD and shit there. But that was, like, 2,500. This next one's supposed to be, like... I think it's like 4,000. So I'm just like... Do you get nervous performing in front of 4,000 people? It's easier. Because there's less connection? Yeah, like, because I went and did this, um, my favorite venue in the world, Warehouse Live. Where's that? Houston. It's our, like, hometown one. Uh, I used to promote outside of it multiple times a week. We played our first show there ever. What does promoting outside mean? I'll tell you. I want to take a sip of this. I'm not sponsored, I swear to God. Oh. <laughs> Let me just move this down. Oh, here. I should be sponsored. From Red Bull? Yeah. Did like they the, send you anything yet? Here's the thing. I, I like I, I don't want to promote something that I feel like is gonna like hurt young people's hearts. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> yeah. Like we were sponsored by Monster once on a tour and like haven't had any sponsors since because <laughs> I kept being like, Don't drink this shit. <laughs> but you know, I think I saved people in the long run. Um wait, oh oh, warehouse live. So what it looks like to promote is I take my leftover money from babysitting and teaching guitar lessons. Cause I used to babysit for this family like every day. You know what I mean? Like they'd get home from school, I pick them up or whatever, make sure their homework's good. 
uh, chill with them until their parents get back. And then I would go, that was like four years. And then I would go teach guitar lessons after that. You know what I mean? At like different people's spots. And that's how I had money, but also still had like my time. You know what I mean? Um, so I would be like, while they're doing their homework, I'm like guessing people like managers, emails and shit or like making the flyers. And then for like whatever show we have coming up and then I'd go to FedEx, you know, like Kinko's or whatever, print up however much money I have left. You know what I mean? Like from the last week where I'm like, oh man, I've got $12. I'm like, I'm going to get $12 of flyers made, you know? And then cut them on the dude. It got rustier and rustier over the years. Like the fucking, cause I'd go to the same one usually. So, oh, and if I had like extra money, like if I had like over 20 bucks, I'd go get blank CDs and like, uh, the little CD holders, like the paper ones. After a while, I got a stamp, but I used to like have to write like water parks and like put like demos on it and like burn them while I was doing like community college homework and shit. You know what I mean? So I would take whatever supplies we have and be like, I would talk to Jeff and Otto and I to rewind, I guess I would make a list of all the shows coming through for the next like three months. I'd look at every venue in Houston and be like remote. There could be any crossover like here, 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 make the full list and be like. I need you, at least one of you with me at these. And then you hand them out at those shows. Yeah, and so Warehouse was a lot of them. Um, Who shows would you go out in front of? Everyone. Dude, everyone. I mean, not, okay, not everyone. But if it had guitars, like, dude, we we promoted in front of, like, Paramore shows, like, stuff that makes sense like that, like Panic at the Disco, whatever. But then we also promoted in front of, like, Chevelle and Bush and like all these like butt rock things and they did not like us at all. So we kind of also, it was like a very, it was painful, but it also taught me like who our shit works in front of, you know what I mean? Anytime there's anything remotely like older, like if things had been around for a while, like if I tried to promote in front of like Creed, uh, well, I was going to say like even like a Bayside show or like Alkaline Trio or anything like that, that was like remotely cred, they did not want it. Really? Yes, but if it was in front of like, I don't know, like a Fallout Boy show or like, uh, or like an All Time Low show, anything like that, it would go so well, and like you could see like the social numbers go up, and I'd be like, oh, we got two hundred fifty people, you know, like that kind of thing, and I'd be psyched. And um, honestly, it the reason, or I think the thing that made it work, because people are like, what'd you do? I mean, it, first off, it was like four years of that, 2012, 13, 14, 15, before anyone even like knew, before like anyone outside of Houston like caught wind of it, like industry-wise. The, the, the kind of like thought that I had was if you can prove the concept in one place, you know, then it's like a viable option for other cities. You know, it can be, it can be like brought around. It can, it can work elsewhere. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay – Every show we do, I'm going to book us in little rooms. You know what I mean? Like Warehouse has this room called the Green Room. Um, and it's 130 cap or something like that. And so every show we did would be sold out because I would also go print tickets off like ticketmakerwhatever.com because the venue wouldn't even give tickets at the time. But uh, for like shows that small. Um, and I would straight up just go like sell to people at like malls and shit, like meet up with them, like from like Instagram or whatever and be like, we're going to be here, here, here and here today. If you want tickets, like come through, you know, and 
every so every show was sold out and then after a while it's like who's this band that sells out every show they do and then we got to start opening like our uh we got to open for i remember we were so excited to open for chiodos on like their comeback thing uh in the middle room at warehouse we got to open for like yumi at six cute is what we aim for uh there was a bunch because warehouse would be like oh they do sell tickets and so we got to keep opening for people and then that would make more people come and eventually we could kind of like level up the venue and after a while like you know you could post videos and be like sold out sold out sold out and then people are like what is going on over here how much do you credit your hustle versus luck to where you are right now it's got to be both to an extent but i mean if i didn't do that like it wouldn't have happened if I didn't do that. I don't think. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, if there's like destiny and things are meant to be and blah blah blah, like cool. But I think that also made me smarter and appreciate it more too, because, and I think that kind of bleeds over into how we all carry ourselves now. Because it's not taken for granted. It's not some like overnight shit. It's not like, oh, they had some TikToks blow up and then some special a and r read analytics instead of fucking believing in a song or whatever and they were like wow these numbers are good like fucking business manager shit and you know get signed that way like that's not what it was like luckily um it was just like a really good timing thing i guess there's where the luck comes in because uh benji and joel madden were making their company mddn the management company and like they they came across actually they said they came across uh i don't know if they saw it first but because we had just put out a music video for the song called i'm a natural blue and like a few labels had liked that and i was like oh this is exciting oh they started working with you that long ago so 2015 so it was like quiet in 2015 like nobody knew and then we announced it at like I think it was like November of that year, but we were still like, the thing is we were like quiet signed. Like we were still promoting outside of shows. Just, we couldn't talk about it yet. And nobody knew. So we were just like doing the local shit. We we're like, well, in case all this shit, you know, falls through, everything hits the fan. We're done. At least we didn't waste a year, like not promoting, you know what I mean? So what um, was your first reaction when you heard the Madden brothers reach out to you? I was at babysitting and, uh, you were babysitting. I was babysitting, and I saw the DM, and I was just like, what? Uh, From who, Benji or Joel? I think it was Joel. Pretty sure it was Joel. And I was, and it was just like, yo, I love your band. Like, would love to talk sometime, whatever, whatever. And I was just like, you know, because nobody – it's such a, a weird thing where it's so difficult to get, like – get love from people who are established. You know what I mean? Cause some are really cool. Like if they're, if they're good with themselves, like those guys are, they're comfortable reaching out to people and being like, Hey, I love what you're doing. And that's why I try and make it a point to do that because there are also a lot of people who are like kind of scared to show that love or like break, put somebody on because they're like scared of losing what they have. You know what I mean? And like when you meet certain artists, you kind of if you hang out with them for more than 30 minutes, you can kind of like understand who's who in that way. But yeah, no, they reached out and I was just like, oh my God. And we had also just signed our very first album deal. Like, like a, it was like a week before. So did that timing kind of bum you out? 
Were you worried that it was going to interfere with something or you missed no, something? No, only because I was like, well, like the thing, okay, I know just, I understand everything so much more, obviously, like in retrospect and after we've been on like five labels now, like I just, I get how it all works now. You know what I mean? But back then I was like, well, we do need a management company and we do need a record label. And I also understand that because I'd watch any interview that I could. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game. But guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I by slab packs on arena club it finally feels like i know what i'm getting what i love is the display of the available cards the hit rates and the grading arena is a marketplace for card collecting buying trading selling displaying and with arena club slab packs they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency after your pulls are revealed they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling you can have them officially graded by arena club the arena club grading process is accurate fast and transparent with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards find like on youtube to like learn i was like i know we need both and they need to be separate entities because legally it can't be both so good and then when they heard that we had already signed they were like oh okay but i mean they stuck with us so that's cool you know they could have easily been like oh you signed like a horrible deal mm, okay we'll be in touch you know that kind of thing but it wasn't like that so was your first deal not the best for you guys no. Um, 
Hmm. Um, we don't have to talk about it. No, 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 no. It's good. I'm just trying to think of what I can and can't say because I have gotten cease and desist things before. Um, what? Yeah, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> what I will say, because it's just, I mean, it's objectively true. Um, when we first signed, um, they this company sent, like, let this lawyer know that they were signing us and sent their own lawyer to negotiate our deal on our behalf. Oh. So their lawyer was looking over our deal from them. So, like, you know, who who's he looking out for? Right. So, yeah, we signed a deal. And you guys were just young and didn't even realize it? Well, here was my thing. We had a couple people interested um, after, like I said, the Natural Blue video. And they are like, do you have any other demos? And I'd be sending stuff. And they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, that kind of thing. I want to hold your dog. Um, and, uh, but this label was the only one that was like, like we had ones from like cool label, you know what I mean? Like ones that I was like, oh wow, amazing. Like I was, I was excited, dude. I remember being in my room being like, oh fuck, two labels, two labels, like being excited, you know? But the other ones eventually were like, cause I told them, I was like, Hey, I think we're going to go with this one, whatever. And they're like, wait, don't sign. And I was like, Okay. You know what I mean? Going from like nothing to having labels be like, wait, don't, don't go with them. Like, let me, um, was there a bidding war? No, no. It was just like, uh, cause we weren't worth anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like I know there's, there's stories of people. It's usually with major labels, you know, that are like, have like signing wars over shit. Like but, forever the sickest kids. I remember that was right. a big well, one when they rigged pure volume. Oh. That's, that's how they did that. They rigged pure volume and they made it like where they're like the most popular band in the world. And all these labels are like, Oh, that must be good. You know what I mean? Like, which I mean, good for fucking them. Like worked. I mean, Nickelback did the same thing. Like I love what they, do you know what they did? No. Okay. So check this out. They, uh, I will. They, uh, (laughs) they used to, uh, what was it? I don't want to, I don't want to tell it wrong, but they used to send their songs to radio stations and be like, all 10 of these people are already playing it. Like da, 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 da. And like, make it seem like, or like, or I think they would like say they were somebody that they weren't and like basically like pressure all these people into playing it. And then they actually would get them to play it and be able to like add them to the list and then call the next radio station and be like, all these, all these rock stations are whatever, whatever. Like, here's this, you should play it. And I feel like back then there was also like the payola shit still going on. Well, publicly payola, like, like, do you know what payola is? That's where people would pay to be on the radio, but it was like low key and they'd give them a Corolla. That's why it's called payola. They would leave the keys with like the song, like the label would and be like, play this. And so that's how they'd get like spins and shit. Oh yeah. But then it became illegal. Why? Because it wasn't ethical or fair. You oh, know what I mean? Because then, you know, then the labels have like a monopoly. It's like a mob thing. Has you know anyone I mean? figured out how to rig Spotify yet? No. <laughs> it can't be touched. Physically impossible. It can't be done. That's crazy. I remember the Nickelback thing. I think they would pivot the, they would put the smaller labels into the bigger markets mm. like that. And they would say, all these small towns are playing. You guys got to play it. Yeah. So, but they, I think they pretended to, they may have pretended to be like a label or a manager. Or like it was something like that. And I was just like, damn. It's pretty good. Oh, that's really funny. You know, um, I, I love stories like that. But anyway, do you know any other ones of like crazy music industry that 
that's how they got their boost or how they blew up. Well, yeah, I mean, song. like the Forever the Seconds Kids one's funny. You know what I mean? Or like people would do this. I think Panic at the Disco did the same thing. What they do? I'm pretty sure. I think they rigged pure volume plays. I could be wrong about that, or MySpace plays, or something. But I feel like they found ways to boost streams before, like dumb old A and R's. Like that's the thing. A and R's got lazy. They got lazy they when just saw the they numbers. could start seeing the metrics because then they start just basing shit off that rather than being like, I can identify what a fucking star is. You know what I mean? Like they don't, it's not like it's, and I'm not even here to shit. Like I, I like most of the A&Rs we've worked with. Like they're fine. They're good. But can you explain what an A&R is? Because I feel like a lot of people are it, but like, how are you constantly it's looking such, for new talent? It's such a fluid job. I feel like most jobs in music are such fluid titles is like, it a full paycheck or are you getting like a portion of like what a normal i i think it varies i think so it stands for artist and repertoire basically you go out and you find new things to sign like new artists new artists to sign yeah um and so you're supposed to be able to you know go to shows go to small things like whatever whatever and you do this and, on your own yeah it's like, like an, the label doesn't send you. well i think you have a salary as an a and r you know what I mean? Like, you, and if, if you're not signing good shit, they'll drop you. You know, like you'll get fired. And that's why A&Rs are scared to take risks because let's say they're like, I believe in this thing. I back it. It's my job to tell you what's coming. This is it. Push it. And if they lose a fuckload of money and like that thing just tanks, like that's bad for them too. So it's like I, you have to kind of understand it from both sides. You know what I mean? And that's something I kind of saw early on was like, I want to alleviate as much risk as I can from this project. I want to show them that every show is fucking sold out. I want to show them that, you know, people like, it's not just like internet hype. People will come to the shows. Don't give them a reason to say no. Exactly. It's like, make it easy for them, you know, right. To like back you like, that's why music is in such a funny place right now because, you know, I like, you know, more power to them, like in some great art, like genuinely like good, entertaining people and artists have come out of things like TikTok and blah, blah, blah. But who specifically in your mind? I mean, like, I love Lil Nas X. He blew up on TikTok. Oh. You know what I mean? He did. Like Old Town Road is like the biggest song of all time. And it was a TikTok thing. It was are, like it was like the first one. Are TikTok plays important to you now? Or at least to your label, because I, yes, I've had people yes. on my podcast. Yeah, no, they're they're very very into it. Yeah, like the, the thing YouTube is, it's not views... a guarantee though. It's not a guarantee because I've also seen, like, there are certain people who I'm like, dang, that's a good song, and I go check out their Spotify, and they have like, you know, 150k, 200k monthly listeners, and that's not enough to like. It's good. It's not. It's not nothing, but it's not like. When you see them getting millions of hits on their TikToks and then you see that, you're like, oh, so like there's no perfect. Like people don't translate over. Right. It doesn't always translate. And like or or like, you know, there there will be people with like a fuckload of Spotify monthly listeners, but then they can't draw like 300 people to a show. Right. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll have like 10 million and they can't do shit. That's why like it's funny. You see so many people do festivals instead of their own headline stuff because I think that while Rolling Loud is like it might be the biggest festival right now I think when you look at that poster I think half those people 
couldn't bring 500 people to a show. But they're playing in front of like 100,000 people. You know what I mean? Like when they do those things. So I feel like people try and keep up with their optics. And I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of like a fake it till you make it vibe. But it's also irritating. And I'll tell you, just to me, only because I'll say, sometimes I find things that seem small. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I'll even reach out and be like, hey, are you doing anything this spring? Like, you know, I to an artist or to a I say to an artist. Yeah, like I'll find I'll find their TikTok and be like, this is great. I'll go to their Instagram, DM them, you know, because again, I like like if more people reached out to me when we were like smaller and they were like, I love what you're doing. Like that would feel so good, especially if they're like from established acts. You know what I mean? Saying acts is hard because I want to be like acts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but I'd reach out and there's so many people that are like quiet signed, which is so irritating when you think you found like this cool thing. But like nobody wants to just be like, okay, so obviously fucking plants are everywhere. You know what I mean? Like some people are like, that's not a real thing. It's oh, like, industry plants are real. They're so fucking real. What does that mean? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. Okay. All right, fine. Okay, here but we go. But people are like, they're an industry plant. That just sounds like a conspiracy theory, like Bigfoot's mm. over there. First off, that's real too. But uh, <laughs> okay. here's the thing. I, what made me, it was a sad realization I had because I love conspiracy theories. But I do too. But the problem is working with a, like teams of people over the years has made me stop believing in them because, or believe in them less because a conspiracy theory or a conspiracy requires so many people to be on the same page and have no fuck ups. And that's just like impossible. If you have more than 10 people involved on something, there's something's fucked up. You know what I mean? So anyway, all that to say plants are definitely real and people, but people are like, it kind of leaves like a bad taste in some people's mouths where they're like, Oh, I don't want to like just listen to this like plant thing where it's basically where like a label's like, Hey, we're going to turn you into this and we're going to do this and we're going to get all your songs written for you. And we're going to, you know, put a shitload of money into your career and make you, woo, you know, like it's, it's like when baseball players are on like steroids and shit, you know what I mean? And after a while they're like, Hey, you can't do that. But now everyone's like quietly on steroids. So it's like so, the person who has a good voice and a good look and the label's just going to And, push and they're like, they're like, well, we can, the thing, well, and that's what, that's kind of what signing sort of already is, but it's where they, kind of like mold them into something else like they see like let's say they see a fucking kid sitting in his room playing guitar and they're like you know let's fucking make him like get some muscles and like take his dick out and like he wearing we're gonna tank we're, tops and yeah, like canes and we're gonna, and that we're gonna, wearing we're gonna get him writing with like fucking all these people and we might even make it like a ghostwriter type thing where it's like oh no they do everything themselves like it's so authentic and homegrown because people are obsessed with that shit and isn't that a big risk? No, because even if they like the thing is, if they're successful and if they're good, that's the most important thing. If they're good, no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like, like this isn't even me saying that they are but like I because I'm a fan of this person. But like when everybody was saying that about like Billie Eilish, it's like after a while, no one gives a fuck because the music is so good. Or like same with like Kid Leroy. They're like, that's like the the biggest plant thing. This is some like 12 year old in Australia. And then they fucking, you know, bring him into this thing. And it's like, you can watch, I don't want to get too into it. There's a lot of videos and stuff on it. That you yeah. Can I find. watched that one. But, but, um, people now are trying so hard to like disguise it. So what they'll do is they'll either just be like, Hey, 
you're signed to us and we're going to quiet, like, we're going to quietly push you. We're going to like run ads. We're going to do all this stuff to like back you, but it's not going to say universal under it. It's going to have some indie label. Yeah. And usually it's an imprint of the artists like themselves, but it's an imprint under that. You know what I mean? And like most people don't go check on that thing, but you can see in all like credits and stuff where it's really like if you dig, you can find out. I don't really care anymore. I'm just kind of like, that's a nice song and I'll listen to it. But uh, labels are so obsessed with like disguising their signing. So anyway, all that to say, I've tried to bring people out like to open for us. And when they're quiet signed, like they can't do anything yet or like they'll be like, you know, basically once they go out and they're one of three on like a band store, it kind of like sets them in the landscape rather than being like, oh, like they could be anything. They could be as big as fucking Kid Leroy and like to people, you know what I mean? Like there's that perception. But when they're like, oh, they're one of three on this tour now, like that kind of like explains to people without saying it like where they are and truthfully it is where they are they haven't done anything yet but like a lot of people don't want to make those moves because they're like well if we have a song go viral and we haven't done anything yet it's kind of like when a company is uh what pre-revenue or something where they're not worth they, they haven't put on they're paper, worth a hundred billion yeah, they, they're worth whatever they say they're worth you know so that's crazy mm-hmm. mm. So all that to say, Warehouse Live is shutting down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, so I hit them up when we were in, I think, Copenhagen or no, nor somewhere, uh, UK. And um, I was like, hey, can we be the last people to play like in the the green room, like the, where we did our first show? You know what I mean? Just like I love full circle stuff, you know, and they were so about it. And so they let us be the last people to play that. Oh, that's sick. It was amazing. And I made it like, a, I was like, I don't want to charge anyone. Just like first people to RSVP, um, like hit this email and then we'll, yeah, that's it. But that was so much scarier than playing in front of like, like, dude, we did Reading and Leeds, like main stage like that. Was that crazy? It was awesome. But I was How also, I was, I was scared because uh, I was also like right after entertainment came out um but how many people are in that crowd oh my god like let me actually i'm i am curious um how many people go to reading and leeds festival because that's the biggest uk festival a hundred thousand now the thing is that's when it's totally full like we were a little bit earlier so i think it was like 30 or forty thousand. But dude, play like where I I'm like from you to you, and I can see your face. If I'm fucking singing at you right now, that's so much scarier. <laughs> I'd rather just see like a blob, and just be like, circle pit, circle pit, go. Do you, you think know? you did a good job at reading in Leeds? Reading in Leeds. I oh, one time I called it reading on purpose just to like. Did the UK people get pissed? They go, oh, it's really funny. <laughs> um, but um, also I we did a DVD and. Birmingham and they hate when you say Birmingham you know what I mean like so the entire DVD I was saying it like that for fandom and they still give me shit about that um but it's so funny because you like troll your audience you have to it's funny yeah like sometimes I'm like if I feel like they're being boring I'll say the wrong city name and they're like oh (laughs) (laughs) it's always fun um Otto doesn't like it um you know it's it's kind of funny um the same way that we did Houston like the way that we had kind of like 
quiet it's like quietly taking the shit over before going out and being like hey labels and shit look what we're doing it's like i feel like that would work in any way because i've also been doing that with uh like making clothes like you you know about high def right yeah cool so the same when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply kind of thing has been happening and it's it's really interesting like kind of building it like quietly building it away from people it's the, the slow build is really what builds that audience that's what and the thing is it's like keeping it limited like the same way we would keep like capacities at venues limited like it was like small venues it's like it's always sold out and it looks so cool you know what i mean and like and then eventually you'll do a fashion show well so i mean i'm saying <laughs> It's funny because it took water parks like four years of that. And high def has been active for about three years. And it's really interesting because they're kind of like on the same trajectory, which is really interesting. Like, um, I can't, I don't want to say too much yet, but it's, it's cool because after we've done three seasons now, and all of them have sold out and like the socials are like private. You know what I mean? It's like a very exclusive feeling thing. And it's funny because towards the end of season three, people from like other companies are like finally actually starting to notice. And it's interesting seeing people be like, you know, we'll get hit up and they're like, hey, so like, what's the deal with this? Like, what do you, what do you like? It's, it feels like labels poking around again, just in a different font. You know what I mean? And so I'm excited to see like the, like where water parks was in like 2016. Like I'm excited to see that this year. Is know? anything crazy happening with high def this year? Mm -hmm. I can't say too much yet, but it's, it's kind of like that part in 2015 where I'm like, Oh, like quiet sign, but we still have to like just operate, you know, but it's, it's really fulfilling because it's, you know, like 2020, I spent like the entire time, like 2019, I was like trying to figure out like how to start. Then 2020, it was just like studying. Cause obviously everything was fucking like that whole year. Um, and I was just like, man, I, I just, I'm going to learn for when things like come back on. And that makes me think of like learning how to promote, how to do, you know, like promote shows, promote music, like make music, record music. What does everybody in the industry do? Like what all this shit, it's like, it feels like that's like, that's like the learning phase. And it's like, it's, it's funny being able to like equate them and like, see the stages because obviously like water parks is here by comparison but like i'm like i remember this is like 2015 then 2016 we did this so like that's 2024 for this you know what i mean and it's like i feel like after doing so much shit yourself you can kind of like see patterns in the way that you run projects and it's it's like exciting you know what i mean what would you say is the most monumental year for water parks and what was that jump probably this year or 2023 you know like I, I say, okay, wait, that's hard to say. I'll, I'll, I want to say, cause like I have to kind of look at it like dynamically, meaning like how big of a jump was it, you know? And so 
like when 2016 happened and we got our first van where finally everyone knew we were, you know, signed to this indie label and we had management. We're going on our first tours and we toured the entire year and we put out an EP on a label and we like made a music video with like more than two people. And you know what I mean? Like, so that was really big. But then I remember for like fandom, it was like, I mean, every, every cycle has had its cool things. Like I said, Reading and Leeds, like for album two, you know what I mean? But then like fandom, I remember we got a bus and we're like, like our own bus. We didn't have to like share with, you know, a bunch of bands or whatever. And we're like, Whoa. And like, we got to do like TRL. We were in target for the first time. Like we had like radio Disney hits one, like all the shit. And we're like, this is amazing. So like, I would say like first get like, it's a lot of like the firsts, you know what I mean? But then this past year with intellectual property, um, we did, or we got our first top 10 album. We, that's massive. It was crazy. Like, dude, the only person who beat us in physicals was goddamn Metallica. Did they have like a re-release or was it a new no, album? No, they put out a new album. I'm like, why? <laughs> who the fuck wants a 17th Metallica album? I'm here to say, <laughs> fuck Metallica. No, um, but uh, I'm just like, man, get out of here. Like, you already did your thing. Just fucking enter Sandman a fucking festival. Get out of here. Um, But uh, um, yeah, no, first top 10 album, like, uh, our highest selling tour by far. You know what, dude? Actually, the property one that did as much as Fandom and See You in the Future combined. Wow! Like ticket sale wise, like so there was that. Like there's there's so many things. Like I saw you twice on that tour. You did, dude. Yeah. You got to come to the next one. I you know we're doing the Palladium here. Really? Mm-hmm. That's sick. I saw pictures of it and I was just like. Ugh. Does the tour bus come and pick you up at your house and then you go? It, or are you driving did, to the venue? It did at first, uh, and it was really funny. Like, it picked me up at my parents' house. And you go, cause, are you originally from here? Houston. No. Houston. So your parents' Texas. house in Texas? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I was like, outside neighbors are like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> did it have your um, face on the bus? No, 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 no. We're not like that. Um, oh, there's Austin. <laughs> the thing is, I would totally let any sponsor besides, like, cigarettes wrap our bus if they'll give us money. Um... Buses are expensive. How come you don't try and get a sponsor for the bus every tour? I do. Oh, you do? Sunny D was supposed to sponsor the fandom tour. That's a cool sponsor. No, it's not because they pulled out pussies. (laughs) Uh, Like, I didn't even know they were still around. Yeah, exactly. And I made them trend. So check this out. Like, uh, it was funny. I was at the studio and I've been talking to Benji about it for a while and we were talking to Sunny D about like sponsoring the tour because I used it to make the album art the fandom one with like the splatter yeah that was pictures I took of like throwing Sunny D oh that's sick yeah like in my old apartment I fucked it up Um, it was like so dirty those are vibrant Um, yeah and so uh, you know they were talking about sponsoring he's like how fast can you make them trend I'm like ah I mean probably like 10 15 minutes he's like well i'm walking into the meeting right now can you do it now and i was like shit okay so i trended like you know hashtag like sunny parks you know what i mean and i got it up in like two minutes or something just like a real quick thing on twitter and like before that meeting was over it was like number one and he's like look see what they can do and they're like all right we're in and then they read my social media and pulled out oh pussies damn bitch yeah. So then you guys have to pay for the tour bus? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it sucks, dude. A bus is like, it's so fucking expensive just to like have somewhere to sleep and travel in. But like, you need it. The van hotel thing doesn't work. Right. Like, I, uh, 
I started taking vocal lessons like 2021, I think. And, um, I remember I was yawning at one of them and she was like, how much sleep did you get? And dude, she's so sweet and she's so good too. But, um, she's like, how much sleep did you get? And, uh, I was like, I don't know, like five, six hours. She's like, okay, no more singing today. Like, da da da. we're not going to do this. We're going to reschedule this. You need a minimum eight hours. And I was like, huh. And I did realize like, I never put it together before, but, um, the less I sleep, like it's so much fucking harder to get through a set, especially like a headline one. Cause like, yeah, I started, I mean, basically like in the UK, I take this shit called night nurse. It's, it's just like a stronger z and uh i sleep for like 11 hours and i sound awesome and i've noticed like when we did australia recently we did five shows in six days dude no that's that's so now you don't do that many shows in a row fuck no and the thing is i even told like booking and everybody i'm like we don't do that do not book four in a row you know what i mean because like my voice 90 minute sets in a row like four days in a row it's just not gonna happen and um sorry for burping it's drink red bull uh, <laughs> but um when you see taylor swift yeah. do a three-hour set as a vocalist Dude. are you i you impressed know i mean thing is i haven't seen her since the speak now tour i i missed the eras one because we were out i missed so many good tours like because we're always doing shit but um um oh but with australia every day was a fly day so we'd get to the hotel at like, you know, midnight or one, like eat and all that. And then lobby call was like six AM. Yes. And so I even told them, I was like, Hey, I need to get later flights because not even on like some diva shit, but my voice just physically won't do the job it needs to do. If I'm getting five hours of sleep, four days in a row, it's just not, it like physically won't do it. And, um, so Mine would get pushed later, but it would still be like 7.30. You know, it's still not good. Yeah. And by show four, I didn't have a fucking voice. You know what I mean? So like, then are you just like... Yes. Straight up. I was. I would sing what I could, but... And I would kind of like make up for it with like energy. You know what I mean? And like just going harder. But yeah, no, I, we had to cut a few songs on the last day because I was just like, guys, it's physically not happening. How do you feel on the switch from X with Twitter. I will never fucking call it X. Elon Musk is a fucking loser. And every time I hear that he's having like mental struggles because of like all the hate that he gets, I fucking get so happy. I you miss Twitter? It. Yeah. Well, dude, like Twitter. The is new so algorithm is so good though. Like when it's catered to you. I feel like everything was better for me before. <laughs> like every time somebody pulls up, like, you know, goes back and like retweets some like out of pocket shit I said in like 20, like 18 or 19. Or like, I mean, dude, even like 2021, it would always have like seven or 8,000 likes. Dude, I get like 2,000 now. Right. The engagement went down. Yeah. I think because less people are on it too, though. I think so too, because people like can't stand that shit. You know, and I think people are also kind of tired of social media. I think so too. I think when I lost my blue check mark on X. Dude, they took away our blue check mark on album day. Oh, that's awful. On our album release day, they took away the check mark and I was like, what? And then it just becomes confusing because then yeah. all these parody accounts that are blue checked. Do you know how stuff. many people with my fucking picture are verified? It That's makes, so funny. It makes no sense. It's so. And then if I go to like tag Jeff, like after like in a picture, you know what I mean? Like you'd like tag people in the photo. Um, when I start, when I, if I type under his name's underscore Jeff, if I type underscore, it's 10 other people like fan fan accounts who that are, are verified. I mean, 
I don't know if they're verified or not, but for whatever reason, he just doesn't even come up. I'm just like, dude, your algorithm is fucking cooked. Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It just makes it so much harder to use the app. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. What What's the deal with your haunted Airbnb experience? Fucking which one? How many haunted places are you staying at? I don't I don't do it anymore. That's why I, like I officially moved here. I was so over it. Um, do you look for haunted Airbnbs? No. Like, here's the thing. The okay. Actually, the most haunted one that I stayed at, not the most cursed. Cursed one was this dude. What the fuck was his name? What's the difference? Curse is just like this guy is a murderer for sure. Like, and I think I can prove it. <laughs> and he got my review taken down. Um, what the fuck was his name? Did you leave a funny review saying? Of course I did. Hang on. Okay. Well, okay. The haunted one was actually about two blocks from here. Great. Let's visit it. We can. I'm okay. You don't want to? <laughs> no. Here's the thing. I think I fixed it. At least temporarily. Because, like, that one was weird. When I was staying there, I would always just, like, hear people walking around and there was, like, nobody in there. I'd feel like people were in the room. And I don't mean to sound like this, but, like, I've got a pretty good sense for that because I used to spend most of my time before, like, water parks was really, like, doing shit. Like visiting haunted places and like playing, like I'd be playing Ouija boards like every fucking day. I'd go to like, we'd travel like two haunt, like friends and I would travel like two haunted places around Texas. And like, did you have weird Texas? Was that a book? No, it, the, I, I, it's like weird New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because well, I'm from New Jersey. So we have mm-hmm. weird New Jersey and nice. we would go to different places there that are yeah. haunted. I always thought every state had that. No, it's just you guys. And I'm, I'm pretty jealous. Like I had to kind of figure it out, but. There were there were so many haunted places and so many creepy things. I just like I think after a while you kind of just like like I can be somewhere and be like, "Hey, something's kind of off and wrong and I feel like we got to go right now." You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like that. Um I also I've seen things, I've heard too many things. Would you ever stay at the Conjuring House? Yes. You would. With you? Absolutely not. Don't what? throw me into that. You threw me into that. Why'd you, you ask? Because <laughs> you seem like you want to go. Well, I don't want to, but I will. Yeah, I'm so busy. I can't do it that day. <laughs> yeah, well, I would go for just a night. Um, I get scared because those kind of things I feel like will follow you. Well, that was the problem with me is I feel like I got followed for a long time. He's still here. No, <laughs> he g- likes your room right genuinely, here. Genuinely, like I... I have like a healer come in sometimes and like cleanse my place and like do stuff. And sometimes, cause I also, I really like buying antiques. And so I'll go to like antique stores and come back with like six things. And then stuff starts to kind of like be a little active again. And I'm like, Oh man. So I'll call them and they'll literally go to the items that I like just got. And they're like, where did you get this? And I'm like, antique store. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, house. exactly. It's like it was his kitchen where. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, she's made me like throw things away before, and I'm like, fuck, I just bought that. Um, but uh, honestly, there's been some not like craziness, but this is like a pretty like low degree of it. But after my last antique haul, I've been hearing more like knocks and like thumps and stuff and then like also the other day i was just sitting there watching something and like my cup fell over like on the table just like i was just like thing is it doesn't get me that bad now because like i've just experienced so much worse but if like a cup falls i'm kind of like 
All right, I guess I should call her. Do you ever go to that? Did you ever play at that venue that's haunted? There's the pool. The rave. Oh, that's the haunted one? Yeah, it's in Milwaukee. I played there, fuck, five, six times. And what happened there? Um, So it was the tunnel that, um, what's his fucking name? Oh, a serial killer? Yeah, it was a serial killer. He used to uh, meet people at like the like club part of it there. Uh-huh. And then there was the hotel across the street that he would take them to. Was it John Wayne Gacy? No, it was a... Uh, Hang on, let me look it up. It nope. says a guy drowned in the pool. Oh, there, I think there also is that too. Oh yeah, so it was Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, sometimes he would uh, meet people, and they would you could take like an underground path to like this hotel across the street, and they don't let you go on that floor anymore because I remember one time uh, I try I walked over there and I tried going to that floor, and they were like, "That's not a floor," and I was like, "That has to be a floor." What the fuck are you talking about? You're like, "This is a building." Like you you have a structure. But this Airbnb, oh, sorry, this Airbnb over here though, um, I don't know what happened there, but I was just hearing so much stuff, and then I mean, it was it was pretty intense too, like it wasn't just like like the sound of neighbors, you know, like I could I could tell the difference. And one night, I woke up and I could hear like whispering, like it was like two voices, and one was like, he's waking up, he's waking up, he's waking up. And then it was like, and I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, come with us. Just come with us. Like, like that kind of thing. And I fucking shot up and I was like, oh, and I just had like icy chills and shit. So the next day I went, there's this like Catholic church over here. I went and I got a cup and I got some holy water. I got some sage. Uh, you brought I, holy water from a church? Yeah. And you know, did the, you, you can, you can like exercise these things. If, I mean, it's, if it's not like too powerful of like a dark entity or whatever so exercise like exorcist yeah like you do it yourself remove. diy yeah i mean you can you can cleanse your own place anytime like i cleanse myself after like every tour because i'm like i don't know who i fucking interacted with you know what i mean <laughs> i i want good energy around me that's why i don't seek this shit out anymore but if you if we're like i'm going to the conjuring house would you like to come for a night i'd be like fuck sure yeah you know what i mean i don't seek it out though because i'm like i also don't want to like fuck up what I have going on. Yeah, me too. That's why, so, I, like, I want to go, but I'm just, I just can't right this second because <laughs> like have, things are going well. I've there's got, like, like that calendar. light. I just got that new light, so I got to work on that. Yeah, you got. I, I understand that. It's, it's tall too. You really got to get tall. a ladder if you want to. And then by the time I get to the Conjuring House, I don't have the ladder, so it's a little yeah, hard. Yeah, you know, and you need that ladder. But I'll meet you there. I guess. Right. Um, Wait. So you just went to the church and took holy water. Yeah, and I, I, I you know, asked for forgiveness and all that. But um, so. I opened the windows. I was raised pretty religiously. <laughs> opened all the windows. I put the crosses on the walls, like with the water. I got the sage. I like, you know, said the things you say to like remove the like things and all that. I'm, I'm, I have to do that sometimes. But um, even at my place, I've got to do it like every month and a half, two months, like at minimum, you know. Um, but what was fucked up was when I went to open all the windows and everything, they already had sage burned taped above them. So these people had already tried this and like still rented it out. Oh, so it was already haunted. Yes. It was already there when I got there. I didn't bring it. They knew. Yeah. But then after I did all that shit, I didn't feel like anyone was standing behind me while I was like working. I didn't hear any voices. I didn't like, I feel like there was other shit too, but I'm, this is a minute ago. So I'm kind of blanking a little bit. My problem with that is, like, if a spirit follows me, am I really going to go get a priest to come and help me? I like, will. I don't know how to do that. What the 
fuck are you talking about? I'm not just going to walk down to the church and say, hey, Father Roberts, I need you to come by. <laughs> well, the thing is, I didn't, the way I found this, I mean, we're going to get real like LA with it for a second, but um, the way I found this person, my, the person who like will come cleanse the my healer. Place, yeah. Um, so I was looking into hypnotherapy in like 2021 and this lady seemed good and she was really close, like close by geographically. And, uh, so I hired her and after like a few sessions, I was like, so what else do you do? Cause like I saw like drums and shit in there, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that kind of thing and not like auto drums, but you know, um, and she was like, oh, I do this. I do Reiki. I do like yoga stuff. I do heat, like healing, cleansing, did it, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, that's good. Can you kind of like, you know, that that's kind of how that started. Uh, yeah. What do you think is the most costly part of being a musician? Is it the touring? All of it. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, it kind of depends where you allocate budgets. You know what I mean? Like, because... Some people will have like labels that throw 100K into fucking marketing. You know what I mean? And in theory, you could run a really basic like early tour for less than that. Like if you just buy a van for, you know, like a used van for pretty cheap, you get a trailer. Like granted, it's probably going to spin out at some point like ours did. Like, you know what I mean? There's. All kinds of shit like that that can happen, but... Was your bus accident bad? No, 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 It was like... So, the like, with the van, we had a couple weird things. Um, nothing... Like, no one died, but the worst things we've had since having, like, big vehicles will be, like, kind of like... So, like, there's, like, some weird shit going on on, like, a night drive, and then, like, the trailer, like, spins out. And we're like, oh, fuck. And we have to, like, stop. And, I mean, luckily, I don't have to figure it out because I got fucking singer diva privileges. But, like, you know, Lucas, like, our tour manager or, like, whoever will we'll go handle it. You know what I mean? And uh, so God bless them. I could never be a tour manager or a day-to-day manager. Like, that shit looks so hard. But um, uh, the most expensive part for us would be touring I think traveling from city to city but you yeah. make most of the money back on merch right you guys get to it, keep that it it depends so I would never sign like a 360 I made sure I was even smart enough to know like with like the shitty deals back in the day but um, so we do get to keep like all merch and everything but god man getting a bus is like for like a full tour is like God, like 90K or something. Just for like a 30-day cycle? I'd say like six weeks. Six weeks. You know what I mean? Like a month and a half. Have you had anyone's tour bus that was like before that? Yeah, everyone, dude. Like that's the thing. It's funny because like you'll get certain drivers that like stay with their bus and they'll be like, oh, I was driving like... Mariah Carey. Literally, yeah. Like Mariah Carey, like Dennis Rodman. Like, oh, fucking... shit. Dude, I love... Like the, our last US driver that we had, he was the best man and like i made sure that we got him again because so many drivers are like weird you know what i mean like i mean they're just like i mean they're they're like trucker dudes you know what i mean they're so, road warriors exactly so they're like you know they, they can be weird or like even if it's not like bad weird it's kind of just like an off comment something's yeah something's off with you like <laughs> that kind of thing you know but you're like i only have to be here for like three more weeks i'm just gonna bite the fucking bullet i don't want to change buses uh and plus they're all like 
weird in some way. But our last driver was great. He was so nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say touring because it's like, yeah, fucking let's just say 90K for the bus. Then now we're paying for like 10 people's salaries. You know what I mean? That adds up. Then, I mean, luckily in the U.S. they're kind of figuring it out. But like Merch Cut exists. You know what I mean? Do Where, venues take a piece of it? Mm-hmm. Even though it's like we have our own merch people. We paid for all our merch. We brought it. Like They're like, yeah, but you're in here. I'm like, dude, you're making so much money from tickets and bar and like coat check. Like you have like a mil parking. You have like a million avenues of this shit. Fuck off. Like, uh, Do you and, think that'll change at all? Well, it kind of is. Live, so Live Nation is uh, – I, I, I want to – be fucking sure before I give them these ups but like I believe so I know they were implementing like a no merch cut thing to try and like because so many people quit touring or like so many people do it so much less so I think they're trying to like incentivize people and like let them it's also a good PR thing but let them keep their fucking merch sales and it's, it's funny that now we're at a point in like this field where letting people keep the money that they made and that they've already like had to <laughs> is pay. a win that, yeah that's like what a nice thing of you to do uh yeah. it's like not pop our tires on the way out so kind uh, <laughs> but um i mean paying for like production like dude when we bring like a full stage is like oh my god this coming tour is gonna be the fucking coolest stage production and design wise do you already have it built out most of it dude like I'll tell you, I'll tell you more after, but cause I hate spoilers, but like, we've never had like multiple looks on a stage before. And that's what I will say. We've never had like a changing thing. You know what I mean? So this is not going to be some shit where it's like, here's a banner that says water parks and some lights. Like, like we're building a, a perf like, it's like a play. It's like a set. You know what I mean? And it, like, there's things that are going to be, fuck me, man. There's things that are going to be happening throughout that like change things. And it's, it's very like story driven and it's fucking cool. Anyone who misses this is going to see it later on like YouTube or like whatever, where people like put up videos and pictures and they're going to be like, fuck. Like there, people are going to be sad that they missed this one in the future. I, I fully back that. How long is this tour coming up? Mm. six weeks I think so five six yeah six, it starts at the end of February ends at the beginning of April so I mean with like rehearsals and travel and everything about a month and a half and who are you taking out so far we have uh, this band called Loveless they're going to be direct support and then uh, we've got four so I here's another thing people normally would bring like their direct support and then like an opener or sometimes if the lineup was fucking horrible there'd be like six bands seven bands and they're just like ah. but um the way i kind of like to do it is give cool people like that because i mean here's the thing i it would be like naive to pretend that like opening for us isn't like one of the fucking best things you can do because everyone who likes us is very cool and they're open to new shit. They're they're like they're willing to hear new music. They're also dedicated. They're fans of the scene. Exactly. And the thing is, if we were to go open for like a more legacy band, like an older thing that's been around for a long time that just has like mid 30s to like 40 
age range of like fans, they already know what they like. They're established. It's like, like if, I mean, just an example, if we like, and I say this with love cause they were one of my favorite bands for so long and I still listen to their albums all the time. They're great. If we were to open for taking back Sunday, like we would not get anybody from that. Nobody would come with us afterwards. Just but, to play devil's advocate. Well, and, I know this because of promoting outside. Okay, because not to toot your own horn, but I feel like you guys could win them over because you have such a great live show. Well, thank you. But even even early on, like, dude, the hardest shows that we've ever done, because we've opened for uh, like a good amount of people, we maintain, like, it was, it's interesting too, because like, let's say Sum 41, for example, we opened for them in Europe. Right. There would be, you know, 2000 people there. I barely see any of them when we come back. But did you do a full tour with them? I mean, it was like or like dates. It was like a week and a half total because it was like two dates with them and then our own date and then like a date with them and then like a festival date. And you know what I mean? So it was kind of broken up. Yeah. But um, then like, let's say. In like 2016, like one of our first tours, we got to open for Sleeping with Sirens. Dude, I still recognize people from that tour. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying if that and the thing is there would be less people there. Like let's say there were 1,200 people there instead of 2,000. You know what I mean? Like a full like that that much of a difference. And I think we would still maintain like 300 people from each show who would come back again. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that's just what I've taken from personal experience anytime there's a band who's already established and their fans are going there to be like you know play fat lip or yeah. whatever they're they don't give a fuck about us but if there's like people who um i don't know or i mean it's not to say that it's not just i, I don't even want to like discredit you know bands that have been around for a minute because i mean it's not easy to keep doing your thing for that long but newer bands just have newer fans and they're just more just objectively more open to hearing stuff you know what i mean and being like oh what was that i'm gonna go find that song i think they have more life they have more excitement to like yeah see new stuff they're more like open to things and i feel like older people are like just so stuck in their ways you know and i again i even got that from like flyering so much like i could tell who would be like willing to hear some shit and who wouldn't even walking up to someone if I like saw some fucking dude who's like red from drinking beer and shit, and I'd be like, "Hey, I'm in this band," be like, "Fuck off!" And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then like, <laughs> but but if I see like some kid in like I don't know, like if they're in like a fucking Metro Station shirt, I'm like, they are going to listen to every song we have. Yeah, you know. So, what was the question? I forget. Me too. But I feel like, um, oh, oh, opening for us. It's a, it's it's a thing that like I. I, I feel like one of the things that I can do is pay it forward to people that I think are cool, you know? And so if I see so-and-so, I'm like, oh man, like their label shit's been so annoying for them, like whatever, whatever. If I was them, I'd want to kind of catch a break right now and pick up some new fans and whatever. I'm going to bring them. I think they're such a cool band. I think they're underappreciated. I'm going to bring them, you know, or like sometimes it's just like, hey, I'm like good friends with you. I want to hang out. Yeah. You're coming with. I remember artists used to have to pay to be the opener band. Is that still a thing? Only if you're like a broke ass headliner. 
And you're like trying to get that extra money. Do you want to mute the? I'll tell you some, and you can mute them. If yeah, you want. sure. I'll cut it. And we're back. Uh, wow. But or like people have. Uh, wow, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles make you. Pay, yeah. Uh, but uh, like, no, actually, it's kind of funny. I'll get DMs sometimes from people that are like, "Hey, how much to open like the tour?" Do you think they're trying to just get that sneaky intel? See, I can't tell. But the thing is, either way, I'm kind of like, I don't fucking know you. And I don't know. I try and like keep the amount of headaches for Lucas at a minimum. And I'm like, if this local motherfucker's got like a rich dad or some shit, like I don't want to bring that around. Plus, I don't even know if it's like good. Yeah. Because we did get it on. Actually, who? What did they want to? It may have been the property tour. Somebody wanted to open, and they offered like, what was it? I want to say like. 30k or something like that to open up for the full tour Mm -hmm. and i was just like man music's fucking trash and they seem like they'd be so annoying to hang out with i don't think that's worth it for like six weeks of being like like rolling my eyes you know what i mean right so it's like i try and give it to people that i feel like i don't know are i just are cool that i like yeah you know what i mean um like, I don't know, because there's still this is just like the petty side of me. That's I mean, and, and it's it's funny, but there are people like early on that used to kind of dick us around like promoters and stuff where I would pay fees like they, they would be like, pay twenty dollars to be considered for this festival. And I would do it every time and they would never give it to us. And eventually I asked and I was like, hey, it's like the third time we didn't make it. I was like, what are you looking for? Because, you know, like. I've submitted for like all like a bunch of these things now. And I'm just like confused. Cause like if it's tickets, we can sell them. He's like, no, I'm just looking for like hard workers and like people I see like really grinding. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm out here every fucking day promoting. I've learned Photoshop so I can make merch and flyers. I handle printing flyers. I, I book all our shows. I print our tickets. I do like, I learned like video editing to put up. Like it's like every, I'm like, dude, I'm doing everything. And you give it to this band, and all they've done is put out, like, a goddamn metalcore Justin Bieber cover this year? Fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I try and be careful when I say, like, I try and give it to hardworking people. Because, I mean, I'm sure there are a fucking bunch of hardworking, cool people that, you know, would like to come along. But we also can't bring 30 openers. Right. So if that's you, I'm sorry. And it's not personal. Did you write with One Direction? I wrote with uh, their guy, Julian, who has credit on, like... 90% 90% of their songs. That's crazy. Dude. So check this out. Normally I say no to sessions. Cause it's like, it's a weird thing. I've done a handful of them. And even if the people are cool, it's still just like, it's, it's a weird thing because you walk in there like, what do you want to write about? And you're like, ah, it's, it's like, like first day of school meeting someone. Yeah. But it's like, or it's kind of like first day of school in front of a therapist. They're like, so like what's what's like the what's what's plaguing you? Yeah. Let's talk. Here's this is my engineer, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, like it's weird. And so I don't really like doing it, but um, we got the offer. They were like, hey, so Julian Bonetta wants to know if you'd want to do some songs with them. And I was like. I was like, wait a fucking minute. I was like. Let me just make sure I'm right. Cause I'm like, I'm right. I know who, like, I always look at who writes on things. I'm just curious. And uh, I'm like, I'm nosy. 
And uh, I went and I checked, and I was just like, oh. And I was just like. What songs did he do? Dude, like Olivia, Never Enough, um, What Makes You Beautiful. Like, dude, literally like all the fucking songs. Like if you look up any of their songs, like you go on like Spotify and click on like credits. He's on like all of them. Like it's crazy. He even showed me a couple of their demos. And I was like the first like early versions of certain like my favorites. And I was just like, ah, like it was crazy. But um, like one of their songs had like a big ass horn solo for like a minute and a half at the end of it. And I was just like, this is weird. Um, but uh, no, so I, f- I was like, absolutely. Like, normally I, I'm not into it because I'm just I'm kind of a hermit with writing and I keep that circle very small. Like, I, there's only, like, a few people that I would go to and be like, hey, do you want to help me with this? And it's because I know they're not going to try and write it for me. They're just going to help. Like, if I write something, they'll be like, like, my friend Joe, for example, Regasta, um, he'll be Pat like. pending. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I love, you know, okay, you, do you know that Jelly Roll song, Need a Favor? No. Okay, well, it's, like, num- it's been, like, number one at country for fucking, like, months. And it's even, like, going into, like, pop charts and shit. Joe... Uh, was one of the main writers on that and got like his first like platinum album and all this shit like from that he's like he's like he does a lot of country writing and he's very good they're one of my first bands i ever got into in like dude what is it 2012 yeah no 2002 probably yeah they were do like they were on it for ever and that's actually how i met him when we went on the entertainment tour in the uk uh they they were the direct support I bought so, their CD at Warped Tour in we like shared 2001. That's crazy. 2001? I think so. Whoa. It had I, to be 2001, 2002. That sounds right because they were fucking on it for a long time. Like, it was before their Save the Well CD. Yeah. It was like a yellow wow, one. Did you know it. Yes. Hang on. Because they also had a YouTube channel too. Yeah. So apparently in like Soldier Boy fashion, they were like one of the first bands to do like YouTube vlogs as yes. a band. Yeah. They like inspired my YouTube video journey. Yo. <laughs> Oh, you're sweaty. Hey, I'm doing a podcast right now and uh with with my friend Joe, other Joe, and he Dude, he bought your CD in like 2001. He like no in like knew about patent pending like YouTube and shit. Did we did we sell it to him by hand in a parking lot? At the Warp Tour, you guys were selling it at your tent and I bought it from you and then we did like you're like, "Come on, let's go." And everybody like grabbed each other's shoulders and we ran around in a circle. <laughs> So we're very clear, and I mean this with all of my heart. All of that is true. Like literally every single piece of that, I could probably, honestly, not even kidding, I probably have it on tape. Which war tour was it? English like, Town, city? New Jersey. Yeah, buddy, I got it. I got the footage. It I'm in there. Wait, can you <laughs> send that? Can you send that? And we'll we'll put it at the end or something. We'll clip it. How much time do I have to find it? A day, two days, three days. Okay. Right, whoa, okay, give me two. If you give me three, you've given us a cookie, you'll never get it. So give me give me two days. I'll get this footage, I'll send it to you. Also, just name like six of your favorite lines from the <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. Have Joe labeled Nutella on the back of Austin's head over there, like right behind his head. You want a copy? I'm a recovering Nutella addict, 12 years clean, bro. Not cool. It says Joe. I know it does. It's fucked up. I'm 12 years off the juice. <laughs> Are you doing the pe- live? It sounds great. Are you doing the Peloton? I just got off the Peloton. I said new personal best. <gasps> Seven miles, fifteen minutes. I wouldn't Damn. Yeah, I'm very fast. Uh, fast life. All right, all right. I love you guys. Bye. Good luck. Bye. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So anyway, I like to write with him because, I mean, as you can probably tell, he will keep it very real. And if I write a certain line or whatever, he'll be like, hey, do you want to be a year from now? Do you want to be playing this song in arenas or at Warp Tour? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you're better than this. Fuck you. And I'm like, fuck you. And he's like, look me in the eyes. Tell me that's the best version of that line that you will ever make. Like, you can't do better than that. And I'm like, okay. And then we'll go back and like, you know, try and like make it all better. So are you going to do more songs with him? Of course, dude. Like, honestly, if I could write with him every day for two months, we would have the best album anyone has ever heard. Is he like super booked and busy? I mean, so he's like with the whole it's complicated, but with the country thing, he has to be like in Nashville, like a certain amount of days, like a week and shit. And like, so there's not really like a scenario where he can dip for like a long because he's like. You know, I think he's like signed and shit, like as a writer even. So yeah. there's kind of like things do, you know what I mean? That's crazy. And he's got like a family and shit too, so he can't just like dip. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I was very involved in his journey. That's so funny. I love that. That's weird. I was literally just thinking about him the other day. Really? Yeah, because I, someone on Facebook posted like, congrats, Joe Ragosta for getting your like and platinum, whatever. And I tried yeah. finding it. Yeah. So I assume it was the Jelly Roll thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, that's sick. He's still songwriting. Because uh, even like Andrew Goldstein's writing for people. Yeah. Like a lot of the people the from band that time. Yeah. That I listened to. Dude, an- actually, I've written uh, Andrew. I made uh, self-sabotage with him. Really? From the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sick. So that's the thing. Andrew is the first person that I was like, during like 2020, I, you know, obviously we're also isolated and everything, but that's when I started being okay with writing with other like bringing other people in because normally it was like a very like I just need to go tunnel vision for eight hours and then we'll have a great song you know but I it made me like being that isolated made me want to work with more people and uh he was like the first like person where I was like okay I'll do a session with you you know in that time and um so I'm still like not the biggest on writing with other people, but I also enjoy it. It's like a thing I enjoy like half the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like on greatest hits, I worked with him and Zach on Loki as hell. Oh, sick. Yeah. So all he, together in the same room. Yeah. Actually, no, he was on FaceTime. He was on FaceTime, but Zach and I did like the nose test and then got together and then he FaceTimed in. Um, And then, yeah, with this one, uh, self-sabotage. So, so far he's gotten, one on each since 2020. One song on each album. Oh, that's sick. Mm-hmm. How did your writing experience go with Black Bear? Oh, yeah. So that was real interesting. It's funny. I have the um, like original voice memo of when I first went in. And, dude, it's funny because I basically improv like the – is like starting at the start of the song, like the verse is like pre chorus is chorus. Like, like even like right away, it's like, Funk about it later, you know, like, and I have like the dry vocal of that. I'll show it to you. But it was funny because that all came together really fast. And then um, I even had like a second verse on it already, just like me. But I was like, man, like I was talking, I was talking about ha- trying to have Black Bear on this other song called Call Me Beat Me. And, um, uh, but I played that one for a couple of friends and multiple people were like, black bear would fucking destroy this song. You should have him on this one. And I was like, after a while I was like three separate people have said it in different conversations. I was like, I think they're right. So I showed it to him and he's like, 
Oh my God. Like, dude, when he sent his verse, he was like, this is like my favorite feature I've done. Like my wife is fucking psyched and she didn't give a shit what I did. You know what I mean? It was like, it was funny. How does that work? You send Black Bear the song yeah, and without, then he without. has creative freedom. So yeah, I sent it to him without the second. I sent him a full instrumental, full regular version, then a version without the second verse. I was in Amsterdam, actually. It was the last day of, I think the See You in the Future tour. And this is the demo version? It's... Kind of, it's just like, I mean, it's it's a version I made with Zach. Okay, but, so it's like the song, but not mastered. Right, it's, yeah, it's not like mixed or anything yet. So it's levels are kind of weird and all that. But I sent it to him without the second verse and without a second chorus too, because I wanted, I told him, I was like, look, I don't like when people do features and it's like just verse two or just a bridge. Like if I'm going to do a, because fe- we don't really have features, you know what I mean? Like if you look at album one, two, three, four, there's no like there are like friends that like add textures and stuff, but nobody has like their own part. You know, like Zeph is on crying over it all, doing like vocal layerings and all this stuff, and it's amazing. Dallin from I don't know how, but they found me is on the outro of fruit roll ups, doing like he's like ah, you know that kind of thing. Dwayne's on um like it fuzzy, um or like uh, my friend Vincent uh does like he goes by Vincent Void um. He's on, he's doing like screaming in the second verse of Ritual. Uh, so it's like, that's the thing is like, I'll have friends on songs, but this was like the first that was like feature feature where like they have their own full part where I'm like not involved, you know, as far as like the performance. So I tell him, I'm like, I don't want it to be like one part. If we're doing this feature, like I want you to sing like second verse. You know, I, I even told him, I was like, I think you should start the song. And he's like, let me do second verse. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> So second verse, chorus. I was like, I want you to do like a whole chorus. I want you to do like bridge and like, we'll all, and like even last chorus, I want it to be like both of us kind of weaving like in and out. You know what I mean? So I want, I want it to be like, this is a collaboration and not just like I phoned in a fucking feature, you know? So he's like sending me drafts and I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, do you think, he's like, what do you think of like these lines? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could probably make like like these first two, like a little bit tighter, you know, that kind of thing. And so we're like sending lyrics back and forth, like on the plane, like I'm like flying home and we're like, you know, luckily the wifi didn't like shit the bed, but uh, we're sending each other like lyric things. And eventually he sends over like the final verse. And I was just like, Oh, and when he do, when I first heard those like things he had in the chorus, like the, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like doing something's wrong. Cause you like all that shit. I was just like, Oh my God. I was like, it like elevates it so much for me. So no, I'm very happy with that. I gotta do it live sometime. Black Bear, Matt, if you see this, we gotta do it live. Come to the Palladium. It'll be cool. That'd be sick. Mm-hmm. So what else do you have coming up now? Obviously, you have the tour. You're just preparing, yeah. rehearsing. Um, I've got a handful of things I'll talk about pretty soon going on with High Def, but I'm very excited for that. I, um, It's funny, man. Like I've got so many things that I want to do in so many projects, but I don't like letting and this I feel like is like an insecurity thing or like a oh it's it's a weird personal thing but I don't normally tell people about things while I'm working on them you like doing it once it's yeah because that's the thing it's like what if I make something in like a fully different world of entertainment and people don't or like it falls through for whatever reason and then people know you failed you know what I mean or like even the other day so before we left for the property tour, I made like, I want, I've, I've always wanted to like score a movie or score a show or whatever. And so before we left, I mean, I've, I've, I've been working on that for like a couple years where I'll like 
try and find movie scenes with no music and then just like make music to it, you know, and like do that myself and try and like get used to it. And because that's how you, that's the only way you'll get like jobs is if you like prove that you can do it before they need it. So I made a full video game soundtrack, like 25, 26 songs. Actually, I pulled one of them off because I was like, I put some more guitars on it and I was like, this could be like an amazing water park song. So I, I yanked one, but so like 25 or 26 songs of like video game music, like that I fully just like did myself and kept it like so on the down low. And then, you know, I've sent it to a few, like, like there, I've never done a publishing deal, right? We just have like admin deals and all that. But, um, so I sent it to a few publishing companies who have like talked to us about wanting to try and do something. And I'm like, Hey, find this a home. Like if, if people are trying to prove that they're like good or whatever, I'm like, I made all these video game things. Can you try and find someone to like take it? I mean, uh, they don't even really have to pay. Like I just, I just want to hear it in a, like a crash bandicoot, like Spyro type game. But the other day I tweeted about it and I was just like, Hey, I did this. Any video game people that see this hit me up. You know what I mean? But that's like a very rare instance where I'll, Oh my God, I'm burping so much. And I'm sorry. Um, where I'll kind of like pull back the curtain and be like, this is something I've quietly been doing right before. It's like, <clears throat> cause theoretically I would only tell people about it once it already had like a placement, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, well, I also don't want this to become like hard drive food. And I just sit on it forever. And I'm like, Oh, remember that time I did that and nothing ever happens with it. Right. So I'm like torn about it, but there's a lot of cool stuff in the works. Big things coming. 2024 no. gets psyched. Yeah, it's our year. It's um, gonna happen. I do. I am gonna say that I don't think we're really gonna tour this year, besides the one. Like, what I'm, what I'm. Can saying I throw is, my speculation out? Go ahead. Possibly because you'll be writing and focusing on a new album. I mean, I think it's fair to say that. And here's what I'm gonna say. I'll even, I'll even take it a step further. When we, in 2019, we didn't tour that summer. We only toured at the beginning of the year when we opened for someone for like a month. And then we did the fandom tour at the end of the year, right? But that whole year, we got to make so many cool music videos and focus on like art, focus on making the like great songs, like the the album art. Like, you know what I mean? If I was in fucking like Australia sleep deprived, I wouldn't be throwing Sunny D around my apartment. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I... I just want to, and you know, the last couple of years, like 2021, obviously everyone was getting back into touring and all that. And we're still kind of working greatest hits and everything, but cause it came out in like May, you know what I mean? So we still had to kind of like work on that 2022 and 2023. We toured the whole time. You know what I mean? Like we were gone. Like 2022 was like the prep year for like the album to come out. I was like, I want to open for everybody. I don't want to do like any headline shit. Then last year, all the headline shit. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and so I think I think in the long run I'd rather just create more cool shit than you know wear out some more fucking tires. You know, and like just keep touring over and over and like grinding our shit into the ground. I'm like, "No, nah, man. Like I like if if cool shit comes up like a festival thing, Sure, we'll do that. We actually just got booked for like a festival I've always wanted to play. I can't say what it is yet. I'll tell you after. Okay. But it's something that bands who come from like the alternative space don't normally get the chance to do. 
But we're like, look at this shit. We just sold a lot of fucking tickets. Like, dude, it was, we sold over 41,000 tickets for the property tour. So it's hard for promoters to ignore that. So we're like, look, look what we fucking did. Look what we did here. Book us on your shit. This is not some like, like seven band bill type thing where it's like, we're only filling out a 500 cap because all this is going on. It's like we convincing people that you have value is such a crazy thing, but it's also like the good part of having a team to do it for you. Right. But it's, it's exciting because like, I, I don't want to keep doing the same shit. I never want to do that. I never want to get repetitive and I want to like, I don't know. I always just want to beat people's expectations. Like I've seen so many singers come out with t-shirt brands, you know, and like they'll push that shit and you know, I'm not dissing them or anything. It's like good for them. Like make money, whatever. I, that's never what I was trying to build. And I made that clear from the jump. I was like, you cannot just get a plain fucking Gildan shirt from me with this company. This is about fashion. And I'm going to show you that I can do this. Just watch. It was the same thing with water parks. I was like, I was like, it was always looking at everybody around and being like, like the local bands and being like, who's the best one? What do we need to do to be better than them? This and this, we need this and this. Okay. You know, and it was, it's always kind of like about taking those steps up. I just want to stay home and destroy people's expectations with things. And that's only going to happen if I'm operating at full mental capacity and I'm not jet lagged and exhausted all the time, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the move. I think I just want to stay home and make the coolest shit ever. I want to make the best clothes and I want to succeed in that area. I want to make the coolest, most creative music or even just write the best fucking songs. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of people fucking hide behind production now, you know, like if you ask some of these people like, Hey, your song with fucking however many millions of streams and like internet hype and shit, that's all like crazy produced play it on an acoustic. Like, I want to hear what the song is at the foundation. Like, what are the bones of that song? You know what I mean? It's like, I want to make shit that's like just the most undeniable fucking good stuff. And I think that, you know, it could come off as bad or like cocky or whatever, but I'm like, man, if I'm not fucking, if I'm not able to have like confidence in the thing that I've dedicated my entire life to, then what the fuck can I have that in? You know, and I feel like the only people that ever bugs are like insecure people. Right. Or people that like have other shit going on and they don't like hearing that kind of thing. But that's just, that's just what I want to do. I just want to make the best shit in every like lane that I decide to try and do. I'm sure you're going to crush it. And I feel like you haven't let us, the people down in any avenue. Appreciate that. Touch my finger. And that's why every album... You could tell there's like passion and hard work in between it because you've created a world. Dude, there's that's the thing. Every album needs a world. Every album, like, dude, honestly, I want everyone to hear all these instrumentals because when I hear all the extra layers and stuff after I haven't listened in a while, I'm just like, fuck. I'm like, man, I need to shut the fuck up more because I want people to hear all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like all the all the like work and layers and everything that goes into it. It's it's fucking crazy. I need to do more track breakdowns. Please. Dude, that song 
has like one of the coolest instrumentals that we've ever fucking done. I listened to it yesterday. Uh, cause I even, you know what, actually I even bounced that one out to where I can upload it on YouTube if I choose to at some point, because I want people to hear the real super dark instrumentals so bad. It's funny. I showed a, a DJ mm-hmm. that song and he was going to just rip it and make a beat out of it. And should. I'm trying, I was pushing for it. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen yet. It might happen yet, but I'll let you know who after please. Cool. All right. Well, Austin, thanks for coming. Dude, thank you for having me. Water parks. Go see him on tour. What's the date? Sneaking out of heaven tour. Uh, February 26th through April 6th. Get psyched. Yeah. Get hyped. They're coming to a city near you. Get bricked. Yeah. <laughs> Why wait? Oh, thanks, Austin. <laughs> That's so good. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.